Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Frank Ambrosio. I am a member of the philosophy department faculty at uh, Georgetown University. I think it's really important to emphasize that when we ask that particular question of the meaning of life, it is really inseparable from the question of the meaning of death. So let's talk about is the question of the meaning of life and death answerable. My response to that would be no, because that question is pointed at the reality of the mystery of our existence as human beings, indeed the mystery of the existence of the universe, nature as a whole. I'm presuming something there about the nature of human existence and of reality as a whole, that it is mysterious. That means no final answers. It does not mean, however, that there's nothing to be said about our experience of the question, where our experience might be leading us, the nature of the search, the experience of searching for meaning. And it also doesn't say that because there's no answer to the question, it's not worthwhile asking it in fact Asking the question of the meaning of life and death as a whole is, and this is a personal conviction, and I'm stating it as such, that searching for meaning is both our most basic responsibility and our very best hope as human beings. Okay. So the point I'm trying to emphasize there is no answers, but we're responsible for it anyway. And responses do get us somewhere, not to an end, not to an ultimate truth. But first of all, we have to do we have to try to respond, because how else could we decide which way to go in life, how to think about, how to feel about, how to interpret the meaning of our existence? And that's a hopeful enterprise. Not because someday we'll get to a final answer, but because it makes life better. Many of the most ancient and pervasive human practices of of culture uh, have to do with trying human beings struggling to find ways of paying attention to and dealing with mystery. Uh, 
In fact, I go so far as to define uh, religion as the historical human practice of dealing with mystery. The question of the existence of a god, gods, uh, what those gods or god might have to say to us, how they say it, uh, what preferences they might have for how human beings live and relate to them as divine. All of that, it seems to me, is importantly secondary to the reality, the reality of religion as mystery dealing. And as soon as we forget that we're dealing with a mystery, there's a very strong temptation to think we know things we don't know. That's not to rule out revelation traditions. Every religion has a revelation tradition. But revelation points us in the direction of something which remains mysterious. Revelation is truthful in that it is really pointing towards something ultimately real. But the revelation is not itself the full truth of that reality, that reality which is above human beings. And therefore, it's important to keep reminding ourselves that we know something and possess some truth, but that truth is valuable as a milestone and a way marker in the search for truth. It is not the truth itself. Mystery dealing is something that the person does for themselves in the midst of their community and with their community. It's not private, but it is personal. Uh, and because it's personal, there's a fundamental sense in which no matter what, what we believe, we are alone with mystery. And as uh, Rudolf Otto pointed out in his his famous book in the early part of the 20th century, uh, mystery is both fascinating and attractive and at the same time terrifying and even repulsive. Okay. It gives rise, as another great religious tradition says, it gives rise to the two basic human instinctive responses of consciousness. Fear and desire. So our experience, to put it in a different way, our experience of mystery is, I think, intrinsically, always, pervasively paradoxical. In fact, if we don't experience paradox, when we encounter mystery, we're not close enough to the mystery yet to be able to engage in it. We deal with mystery through imaginative engagement in dialogue with our experience of mystery and through the imaginative production of stories and metaphors. And metaphor is the most basic way in which we experience mystery, and that is as paradox. Metaphor is the putting into words of an experience of paradox, okay? Let's take the most pedestrian metaphor I can think of offhand. Life is a river. Okay. Well, obviously, life is not a river. It's not usually wet. Okay. Life is different than rivers. But on the other hand, life is really just like a river in that it flows. 
So a metaphor takes something we know directly through experience and connects it in two ways to something we know less well, life. Okay. It connects it through similarity and through difference. Same, different. That's the structure of metaphor. And that's why metaphor is so well suited to dealing with paradox. Because in a paradox, we experience reality. Reality is this. Reality is also that. And the two don't go together. This and that. It's both this and that. That's the logic of metaphor, both and, as opposed to the way in which we think about a human experience most of the time, and that is in terms of choices, choices between options. You want coffee or tea? Most people don't say, I'll have both. Sometimes it's coffee, sometimes it's tea, but it's basically an either or option. Metaphor works differently. It presents differences, radical differences, even opposite differences to you in such a way that you recognize that your experience requires that you identify, you choose, if you will, you connect yourself to both, both sides of the paradox, uh, because both sides of the paradox truthfully reveal the reality of the mystery. Here's another paradox for you. You can't live without dying. Okay. That's a paradox. You can't live without experiencing both meaning and absurdity. Some things, the meaning of some experiences fits together well and reinforces other experiences and their meaning. Sometimes meanings contradict one another. Sometimes they even cancel one another out so that there seems to be no meaning whatsoever. What does it feel like to feel that your life has meaning? Like, what does meaning taste like? What What is the experience of meaningfulness as opposed to meaninglessness or, you know, kind of a full embrace of absurdity. Our sense of a meaningful life is given to us by our culture. We try to personalize that. You know, it's like your desktop. You can fool around a little bit and kind of make it your own. Uh, I'm being facetious there. But it, it is to say that the substance, the weight of the substance of our personal identities and our ways of thinking about ourself, our life, its meaning are largely given to us, already shaped and formed through our culture. Our culture gives us roles to play by which we can derive meaning. That is to say, it gives us ways of participating in society and receiving as a result of that participation some kind of affirmation, some kind of recognition. We're glad you're here. You're one of us and we value your contribution. Okay. Uh, so meaning looks and feels like a way of life. It's not an idea. 
It's certainly not a verbal structure. It can't be captured in an ideology. It has to be experience. It has to be experience of participating in life, and it has to be participation in a reality like mystery itself, which is larger than we are and into which we can enter by being a part of it. So meaning a lived experience and a lived experience shaped and formed by ways in which roles that we play in participating and contributing to society. Making Meaning is a limited series from Ministry of Ideas. It is produced by me, Zachary Davis, and Jack Pombriand. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us by sharing the show with your friends, subscribing, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. For more information, visit our website at ministryofideas.org. You can connect with us on Twitter, where we're at Ministry of Ideas. You can also email us at Zachary at ministryofideas.org. We would love to hear from you. Ministry of Ideas is a proud member of Hub & Spoke, a Boston-centric collective of smart, idea-driven podcasts. You can check out all of our shows at hubspokeaudio.org.